And welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of The Morning Rush, which you can catch every weekday morning from 6 to 9 at hitthatline.com, where you can also find great interviews, podcasts, videos, articles, whatever you want to look for when it comes to Razorback content. Be sure to check it out at hitthatline.com. Coaches' salaries in college football. Actually, a list was released of the top 10 coaches this year in 2018 that will be making the most money. I'm going to go into who's overpaid and who's underpaid, and the list may be pretty shocking to you. I also want to talk about a text message that I was really looking forward to getting yesterday, but unfortunately, for some random reason, I did not get. And we're also going to get into some Arkansas-Alabama. And we're going to start with why upsets make sports great. There's no doubt about it that Arkansas this weekend, if, and it is a big if, they were able to defeat the Alabama Crimson Tide, not only would it be the greatest upset in Razorback football history, it would be the greatest Razorback upset in all of sports, and folks, it might even be considered one of the greatest upsets in all of SEC football, maybe college football. I mean, I'm going to that extent. It would be an upset of epic proportions. And again, if you listen to this podcast and if you have a brain in your body, you understand that this game is not going to be won by Arkansas. They have less than a 1% chance of winning. And we played a little fantasy game yesterday in talking about it. But so many people have wondered why, oh why, would anyone want Arkansas to win this game? Especially if you're an SEC fan. Why would you want to hurt the SEC? Why, Why would you want to have that problem? Of course, Razorback fans, they don't care about that. But there are some people out there that are really not wanting Alabama to lose this game or any game unless it's against their own team because they feel like they need the best chance of making it into the college football playoff with SEC representation. I don't give a rip about that, at least not going into this game. And I think that's funny because when I see upsets in college sports, in the NFL especially, I mean, just any sport. I mean, we can use it for any sport. When I see these things... I immediately think of some of the great upsets in the history of sports and what made them so memorable. You think about college basketball. Do you love the regular season of college basketball? Do you think the regular season of college basketball is something that you really look forward to? Something that you get really excited about? Maybe. A little bit. But what do you really love about college basketball? You love the NCAA tournament. You love watching upsets in the NCAA tournament. Why do people watch any postseason play? Of course, if it's your favorite team playing in it, that's one thing. But so many people who don't have a dog in the fight love seeing upsets in postseason play, in regular season play. They like seeing the Division II opponents like an Appalachian State coming up and beating Michigan in 2007. They like seeing Boise State beat Oklahoma in the Fiesta Bowl in 2007. They love seeing those things because it's what makes sports so great. It's what keeps us entertained. But it also keeps us very relatable. And I think that's why people love it more than everything. In fact, I was tweeted this question earlier today asking why do why do upsets make sports great because we talked a little bit about it on the show this morning on the Morning Rush. And this is why I'm addressing this point. It's a relatability. It's something that we love to see David versus Goliath in the real life, in the flesh. Because we can see it a lot of times in our own personal lives. 
we can see things that where we feel like we're outnumbered, outgunned, outmatched at every turn, whether it's our jobs or with our family or with our friends or with school or whatever it is. We always feel like we're having to overcome and defeat giants every portion of our lives because we feel like the playing field may not always be even. We feel like some people get the benefit because of what's on paper or what's been said about them or what they've been given, not what they've earned. And in sports, the best thing that can happen when it comes to these upsets is settling things on the field of play because that's what matters. That's what doesn't matter is the people that prop them up with preseason polls, recruiting rankings, all the stuff that we care so much about and that we will break down and we talk about and we get so frustrated and annoyed and upset. If our team isn't ranked as high as they should be, if our recruiting class isn't as ranked as high as it should be, whatever it is, we get so upset about the stuff that doesn't matter because when it comes down to it, it comes down to what happens on the field. And on any given Saturday or any given Sunday, on any given day in sports, anything can happen. We see it all the time. Who would have thought that on 4th and 25, a play would happen like Hunter Henry made for the Arkansas Razorbacks against Ole Miss in 2015? Had we ever seen anything like that before? No. But we did because sports brought us that. And that's just one play. It can be used for any example of plays, players, games themselves, seasons themselves, postseason play. Whatever it is, we continue to be amazed by things that happen on the playing field or on the court that we haven't seen before, and yet that's the thing about sports is it creates new ways to impress us and to amaze us, to keep us interested, to keep us enjoying and entertained. And upsets are no different. Upsets is the greatest thing that you can have in sports to keep you enjoying what you're watching, what you're seeing, what you're witnessing, and what you're being a part of. It feels like you can relate to it because you have to battle through so many similar things where no one gives you a chance. No one thinks that you should even be on the same field as certain teams. But yet, when it comes down to what matters, when it comes down to winning or losing, when it comes down into the crunch time, into the crunch moments, the person that's not supposed to or the team that's not supposed to win ends up finding ways to win and shutting everybody up, separating themselves from a part of everyone else. Sports gives us that. We may not always get it in our lives, we may not be able to witness it in real life, but when we witness it in sports, it gives you hope that anything can happen. Or as Kevin Garnett yelled into the microphone, anything is possible. So when Arkansas takes on Alabama this weekend, and Arkansas is a five-touchdown dog in this game, you're going to watch it. You're going to be interested. You're going to hope you're going to wish, even though your mind will say one thing of Arkansas losing this game, big time, your heart will hope for something different. We've seen crazy things 
in college football. You've seen crazy things as Razorback fans. Most of the time, the crazy things aren't good. But to be invested and to understand that there is a chance, there is a hope, there might be a way. That's what's going to make you love this sport, love this game, and love this team. So don't worry about what's expected of you or what you may be expected to do. Don't worry about people not giving you any chances and just completely signing it over and giving the game, giving the season, giving the title to one team. Don't worry about that. Worry about what you can do on the field of play. They have athletes just like you have athletes. They have talent just like you have talent. They probably have more athletes and more talent. But as we all know, life and football is a game of inches, to quote Al Pacino from any given Sunday. One half a step too slow, too early, don't quite make it. One half a second too slow, too fast, you don't quite catch it. That's football, folks. And that's all it is. If you're making sure that you're going to be going out this fall, this winter, this spring, out to check out some sporting events, some concerts, some things that you're going to really enjoy in life, I know I'm going to be all about it. Maybe go up to the Walmart Amp for some great concerts. i got JT, Justin Timberlake coming to Little Rock here very soon. Going to be all about that. you got to check out Vivid Seats. You can attend the concert show or sporting event of your choice for a great price. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all the live events that you want to go to. And you can sort by price or look for seats in the section and row of your choice. To make make things even better, Vivid Seats is giving listeners an exclusive promo code for new customers to receive $20 off orders of $200 or more to save even more money. Go to app, go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app using promo code LOCKEDON. That's LOCKEDON for $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. Every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. From the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater and more, Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app, enter the promo code LOCKEDON for $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats help you get to your favorite live event. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. All right, moving on to the next segment of the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Uh, you know, this was put out on Twitter as far as the 2018 coaching salaries in college football. Now, these aren't necessarily surprising. It's not like these just came out and these were just released. Most people understand and know what these salaries are for these specific coaches. But I thought that a few of them were very interesting, mainly due to the fact that certain coaches are overpaid, and certain coaches are underpaid, if that can even make sense. That can even be uh, in the same realm, in the same spectrum. But anyways, this is what really, really got me. Nick Saban in 2018 is making two, or excuse me, not two, $8.3 million this year. Nick Saban is underpaid. Nick Saban deserves $10 million a year. I know that people are just scoffing at that. Oh, how? How could he make that much money? Pay the players. Nope. No, no, no. We're not getting into that. But the way that Nick Saban has been able to bolster the economy of that campus, of that city, of the state of Alabama, it is worth just, I mean, whatever you want to pay the man, it's worth it. 
I mean, you can't pay Nick Saban enough. And I know that sounds weird, but you can't. What he's doing and what he's bringing is absolutely incredible. Urban Meyer is second with $7.6 million. Now, I hate Urban Meyer. I think he's a disgusting POS human being. That's just how I feel, and I think most people feel that way. But he is a really good football coach. The guy's won three national championships at two different schools. Uh, three total, I should say. And he finds a way. I think he's only lost eight games since being at Ohio State. He's like 75 and eight, something crazy like that. So he's worth the money. Next, though, is Jim Harbaugh at 7.5. Not worth it. Overpaid tremendously. I get why Michigan paid a lot of money for him, but not that much money. There was no reason to pay that much money for Jim Harbaugh at Michigan. Zero. It's just because you wanted them bad, you wanted them desperately, and you would do anything and pay anything that you could to get him because he thought he could be your savior. He thought he could come right in and, and take over and make Michigan great again, and he hasn't. He hasn't even gotten close. Michigan is the fourth best team in that entire conference right now, fourth best program, I should say, behind Ohio State, Penn State, and even Michigan State. There's other programs, too, even like Wisconsin, I think they would probably be behind. So I, I don't like the fact that he's making that much money for the poorest job that he's done so far. But he's tied with actually Jimbo Fisher at $7.5 million at Texas A&M. Now, that one I don't mind as much. I still think that's a lot of money for him. I know he's won a national championship at Florida State, but he was teetering off there at Florida State. And being at A&M, they can afford it. So that that's the only reason why he's making that much money, because they can afford it. I don't think he's worth $7.5 million. I just think Texas A&M was willing to pay $7.5 million. So I don't know if he's necessarily worth that one. The next one, though, is what triggered a lot of people on social media when I said this. But Gus Malzahn's making $6.7 million, and he is vastly overpaid. Vastly overpaid. He's, been, he's entering a sixth year. And in five seasons, he's had two really good years. Of course, his first year where they played for the national championship and lost. And then last year when they went 10-4, and four, but they beat Alabama and Georgia. They didn't win the SEC. They played in the, I guess, was it the Peach Bowl? Sorry, I'm spacing. But they played UCF and got beat handedly by UCF. And they rewarded him by paying him $6.7 million in 2018. He's going to be making a lot more money. Sorry. But those are the only two good seasons. He's had two good seasons. The other three seasons since he's been at Auburn have been very average. He won seven, eight, and eight, respectively. He finished last, last in the SEC West. That's terrible. One year, I'm sorry, you can't, you can't give me that a coach can earn that much money for being that average for three years. Just, it just doesn't work that way. Vastly overpaid. Dan Mullen at $6.1 million. Time will tell. It's still pretty early. Still think it's overpaid for a coach that hasn't. I mean, I guess, actually, you know what? I would say he's about right because Dan Mullen did something at Mississippi State that was really impressive. Uh, he was able to win at a high level at Mississippi State, and that alone is worth giving you some some money to come to Florida. So I'm completely fine with that. Kirby Smart's making $6.6 million. As of right now, it looks like that's pretty good. Dabo Sweeney, $6.2 million. Underpaid. I think so, at least. Dabo Sweeney's an elite coach. He's won a national championship. He's played for a few others. I mean, that guy. That guy's worth a lot of money, but being in the ACC doesn't pay as well. Tom Herman at Texas, $5.5 million. Overpaid. Scott Frost, $5 billion at Nebraska. I feel like that's about right. That's the type of money that they needed to pay to get a coach like him. Willie Taggart at $5 million at Florida State. Nope. Next. Lovey Smith. Can People don't even remember this, but Lovey Smith is getting paid Five million dollars a year. Five million dollars a year for Illinois. 
That's oh, and he and they're they're bad. They went three and nine in his first year, two and ten last year. Oh, paying him that much money, no thanks. But anyways, those are just the lists I wanted to go down. But it's amazing how much coaches are making, and it's amazing how overpaid or underpaid certain coaches are. But yet, I think that they're all living very nice lifestyles. They don't have to worry about their mortgage going under or anything like that. They they are paid in full. They got plenty of money. They got plenty of fame. They got plenty of fortune. I don't feel sorry for them. But I do believe some coaches are worth more than others, that is for sure. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. We're moving on into the final segment of the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I was really bummed yesterday because I was waiting on receiving a text message from President Trump. Now, it was my birthday yesterday, uh, or it was October 3rd. It was Wednesday, so it depends on when you're listening to this podcast. But uh, it was my birthday, and I turned 30. Yeah, I turned 30. That's not the point, though. The point is, is that everybody received this EAS, this emergency alert system, text message from Donald Trump, or at least from the presidential office, or, or whatever it is. It doesn't matter. And it, it, I get it because I work in radio. I'm the one that has to run EAS tests well, when it comes to emergency alert systems and stuff that needs to be put into place and needs to be held and have by everybody in case some sort of emergency happens, whether it's weather alerts or anything more serious than that. So I totally get it. But what cracked me up was even though I didn't get a text message, and of course I'm halfway joking, I did no, a lot of people didn't get a text message but then i go on social media and i just see the amount of people that are so irate that are so mad that are so like oh, scoffing at the fact that they received a text message from president donald trump listen politics aside i don't want to turn this into that but my goodness people like some of it was tongue-in-cheek and i get it but there were some people that i even i follow i follow and that i actually know personally that were legitimately upset by certain things like that. And I don't say want to bring this up again to bring it into a political issue, but I think it brings up even a bigger issue that people will get pissed off at some of the most stupidest crap that is on social media. And it is quite humorous, but it's also quite annoying and scary. Like I could say anything on social media and someone will be mad about it. It's just anything. And I'm in sports. I don't even take myself seriously. But you can say anything and people are going to be upset by it. You can take a picture. Someone's going to be upset by it. You can make a decision. Someone's going to be upset by it. And it just is a reminder yesterday when that happened. I'm like, I, this is an emergency system. It's not like it's Donald Trump sending you a personal text message saying vote for me. I mean, it's, it's something that needs to be done. No matter who the president is, no matter who's in the White House, it's something that needs to be done. But if there's anything I have learned in social media, folks, and those of you who are listening in, I'm sure most of you have forms of social media. So here's my little uh, my little whiz- words of wise, or what is it? Wit of wisdom or word to the wise, whatever it is. Here it is. Don't ever let social media define your emotion, define how you feel, and define how you, what you believe. Ever. Don't listen to it. Don't take it seriously. Take it as a joke. If you take social media as a joke and you never take it seriously, it'll never harm you. It'll never cause you emotional stress. It'll never cause you any problems on social media. Just don't take it seriously. That's what I had to do because I would take it so personally for so long. 
if someone said something mean to me or if someone was not uh, saying the things that I felt like were, were proper or appropriate or whatever, I'd get so frustrated and I get so upset and I'd take it so personally. And I, but now that I don't anymore, I like, if you follow me on Twitter, you know, I don't care. I tweet out what's ever on my mind. And if you like it, great. And if you don't, whatever, I, I don't care. I mean, we just do it to have fun. I take it as a joke. And if all of you who are listening and just take it as a joke, I guarantee your life would be much happier. I see so many people that are posting so, so concerned about what pictures they're posting, how they look, what filters they need to go through, how many times they can take the pictures, how many likes and retweets and favorites and all this stuff and shares that they get that they, they will make it take up their entire day. And they'll get so triggered by everything that they don't know what to do with themselves. And it just cracks me up, and it's just sad. It really is sad. If social media is your life, if that's where you get all of your life, then I, you need some help. You need to find hobbies. Go outside. Do other things. Go to the gym. Play sports. Something. Because it's a cesspool. It's not good for you. It's not healthy for you. Social media is literally just like fried food. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's nice, but if you do it every day and if you do it for an extended period of time, you're going to be unhealthy. You're not going to feel good. You're not going to look good, and no one's going to want to be around you. So just take breaks. Don't take it seriously. Treat it as a joke, and I promise you, I promise you, it'll be a lot better for everyone involved especially your well-being. And that's what's most important. Appreciate everybody listening into the podcast today. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. We're also on Spotify now. So be sure to check that out as well. And we'll keep it going for the last podcast of the week tomorrow afternoon. Same podcast time, same podcast channel. Appreciate it, everybody. Have a great day. We will see you then. Locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast.